0: Alright, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm your host, Connor. I'm here with Jaden and Calvin. Thanks for having me. And we are doing one that we've talked about for a while. Uh, this was suggested to us by Elisa Derry. Uh, she left a comment on our YouTube channel a while ago saying to watch a uh, Denis Villeneuve's New film, Incendies. And we had done a lot of other stuff in his filmography, so it's cool to finally get to do this one.
1: It's definitely interesting, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, so this is a French-speaking film. So this was we all the other ones we had done were all of his English-speaking ones, so it was cool to go back and... Especially after seeing Dune that just came out recently, and then going back to this film that came out in two thousand ten, see like how different those two movies are. Very different.
1: This one's wild. Yeah. That's yeah. I
0: think we all text each other like what a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, like I said, this came out in two thousand ten, uh, had a budget of six and a half million and it made sixteen, which I think is they said it was really successful in Ontario. Like that's considered a pretty big movie.
1: Yeah. It got nominated for like awards and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: Two hours and ten minutes, and I was totally engaged the whole way through it. I think it's a fascinating story, and it's told in a really good way. I love the premise and how the whole kind of uh, adventure kicks off. This is a great movie. Um, Jane, what's your first impression of this one?
1: Um, Definitely insane. Uh, It's a little bit of a slow burn. It's it's Denis Villeneuve, so I feel like that's kind of his style. Um, Yeah, it's wild. It's really intense. The ending is shocking, to say the least. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really, really good movie.
0: Right. Yeah. So it was actually based on a play that came out in 2005 by uh, Wajdi Mawad. Um and it's a fictional world. I mean, not, not a fictional world, but uh, it's never specifically said like where it takes place. It's filmed in Jordan. Yeah. But it's never like a, pointed out like where it is or what the specific conflict it is, and so that's something that uh, Denis Villeneuve even had to say about it. He said he realizes the relevance it has, but it has no historical value at all, yeah. and that it's total fiction. But it does seem totally relevant, and it seems to kind of really paint the picture of the Middle East, at least how we see it now. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. It's like fiction, but it feels really real. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and he even said that, like, so he uses Radiohead
2: um, songs in a couple places in the movie. And that's meant to reflect that this was a movie from the Western perspective. Yeah. Um. So I think, yeah, you don't even need to name anything for... I don't I don't think naming anything changes anything for a Western audience. For sure. Other than it's just like it's it has maybe more realism, but it all it fits into the our conception of what uh conflict in the Middle
0: East looks like already. Right. And uh so what's your what's your first impression of this movie, Kelvin?
2: So <sighs> You know, my first impression is that it's very—it's you can see Denis' influence in all of it. That was what I was looking for, and all uh, when I was watching this is uh, some of his his quirks as a director, as a creator. We have some longer takes, some further takes, some uh, aerial shots. Uh, it's just the way he creates humanness around his shot selection that I really love. Um, ultimately, I yeah, I want to try and stay as much. Like this is this is your disclaimer right here. This movie has one of the most wild twists that uh, you'll ever that you'll see in cinema. Um, if you want to know it before uh, we we're gonna go on, we're gonna spoil it really quickly here, right? Because it yeah. is so important to explaining why this movie is successful is that twist can be really melodramatic in the way that. Uh, because it's 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 so implausible but because of how he shot everything and tied together the themes and the narratives it hits in on every level so this is just a really really uh fine concept that's executed throughout the whole way like you could see what the end was going to be and
0: he followed all of the steps to make you feel that the correct way for sure um yeah i love this Uh, i think it's it's a really amazing weaving of two stories and two timelines, and it works together flawlessly. Uh, like you said, I think the the kind of reveal, the twist at the end is fantastic, and I was, like I said, totally engaged throughout this whole thing. Just like this kind of slow unraveling of, of the character and uh, the main character's like daughter is kind of following in the same path. I like to think it's like they're on the same trail, but they're on two different journeys, you know? It's like they're both following in the same footsteps but like two different stories are being told and I, I love how it all worked together and like and then the end just ties everything together in a great way and yeah this is one of the most shocking endings i've ever seen yeah. it was amazing uh but yeah with that uh we can move on into like the aesthetic kind of the look at this film one of the things i find most entertaining and interesting about it is how it's edited together it feels like it'll you'll be, you'll be following one character and you'll be in one timeline and then it'll just instantly cut to maybe someone else and you're in a different area of the world now or you're in a different time period and I I love like the kind of a, uh, it never feel like I felt like I got lost, but it was just so fun to kind of be bouncing around and have the story being told by two different people. But like they're in the same area, you know, and yeah. I love a lot of like the mirrored shots of the mother and the daughter kind of experiencing the same thing, going on the same path. But it means a different thing to each of them. So I love the way this is edited. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like out of place,
2: like like you were saying, we're bouncing around, but we we stay so close uh, within the context of what's happening that things are just different enough that we're at that the uh idea is just more well-rounded more shaped of of the dynamic of what each of these characters are feeling and not necessarily like we're that this is a jump cut completely to a different place and a place in time if it had been doing that this movie would really be really uh awkward but um it's just different enough that you don't realize actually uh at first that we've cut to a different uh time yeah
1: line. it's it there was a couple parts where was like, it took me a second to realize what was happening and get like used to that part of the movie. Because yeah, at first I was like, wait, what's going on? And then I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Like I'm surprised this is working so well. Like I didn't get confused because that's something that. In other movies, is definitely a confusing for, and I'm like, wait, where are we right now? But mm-hmm. this is very cohesive, and it works well together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, there's a version of this movie that's really janky and disjointed, and yeah. you have to rewind it a couple times to be like, wait, where am I right now? But yeah. I love that it all seemed to work together. Yeah. I, and that's just, I think it's just a really cool way. I don't think I've seen a lot of movies edited that way, or at least edited in a way that it felt like it worked.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that either wasn't coddling you, or just was being too pretentious. This is that perfect middle ground where yeah. this is a high-minded concept, but we're gonna make sure that everyone, um, that we're not gonna hold your hand, but we're gonna give you enough clues that as long as you're just awake, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna absolutely. get it. That's such a good way yeah. to put it.
1: <laughs> I just like, for example, like season one of The Witcher, like it took me so long to figure out what was going on in that show.
0: Calvin what? and I literally talked about that last night. Yeah. yeah. It's like that show, in my mind, works out so much better better if it's linear.
1: Yeah, it does, absolutely. Because I was like, I was confused. Like, I didn't know if like four episodes yeah. that's what was happening.
0: And that's that's a really good example of a yeah. of a, using that kind of medium or that editing to switch between timelines that didn't work at all Not for at me. all, yeah. And it, but it works out like really well. Yeah, it works
1: really, them. really well in this one. I'm so glad you brought that up, yeah. Because yeah.
0: Calvin and I were literally <laughs> complaining about that last night. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> I wasn't, you were. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would have said that I, it would have been better if they were different episodes. Like, each episode had focused on something else. Because right. for okay. in in the medium of television, that would have worked fine. Because we're not constantly being tested uh, within the the same space, within this within within the same um, awareness of
0: what the story is. Yeah. So I also love like the, all the mirrored scenes between uh, Nawal and her daughter. Like you'll see her on the bus, and it's this big wide shot, it's, like yeah. she's leaning up against the window sleeping, and then it'll cut to her daughter, and it's like a really similar scene. And that all still works for me. It's not like boring to see stuff repeated because I I just like how their their stories are being mirrored in this movie. So I think there's a lot of cool scenes like that.
1: Yeah, and then, like like you stated earlier, it really shows them like being on the same path but yet separate journeys. I think it's a really good way of showing that too. Yeah,
2: and it's really obvious that they're doing those things, um, but they're not. They're not like making it the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's. It would be one thing if it was like a time travel movie, and that was it was the point to give you a a shot like that. It is. It has a thematic um, meaning as well, which is why none of these feel tired after after seeing them, seeing this repeated shot of shot
0: of different timelines over and over. Uh, I want to get into the score now. I don't think there is. A lot to it which is fine i think a lot of it is it's like really silent throughout it which like adds to kind of the unease and yeah. kind of uncomfortable parts of it but there's a Radiohead song in it too is it not just the same song twice there no there is one
2: song that's played twice um it's uh something
0: fight war i don't remember that's okay yeah, yeah. That's and then okay. uh spinning plates right and but. i really like how it's used it's at the very beginning and you're seeing like the kids getting their heads shaved and that song's playing. And I, I really like how it's utilized and you get like the zoom in on the kid. He's just staring at the camera. And I think it really sets you up to be like, you're really in for one in this movie. Yep. Like, it's uh, I love how it starts out. And so, I think the, the music is a great element in that. So I think it works fine there.
2: As the intro to your movie, um, but I honestly, I honestly like it. Didn't have any music at first. It was just that really, lo- that really long shot of that palm tree, and then we dolly back and zoom in uh, or uh, zoom out, so we see the room uh, that the camera's actually in. Then we see all of the children. I think it's it's such a it's such a confusing scene for like someone to look into, like what is happening, what are all these boys? You don't really need the music. The other ones work way, way worse for me. And it's only because of what I realized when I was making movies. Like, um, when you use a song like that, the song, uh, especially when it's a big song that everybody knows, that's what your movie becomes, uh, what your shot becomes. It becomes that song. Like, oh yeah, I remember that because that's the, that's the part where spinning plates plays. And I love spinning plates and it has all of these meanings to me. And then you actually go back, well, what does that scene mean to you? Like, oh, I don't know, like you've just projected everything that you feel about spinning plates onto that scene and you actually miss everything that, that's that's there. You All of the emotion associated with it is really more of your own life. And that's why I don't like big music like that um, in places is because it takes away from the image and you and what you're actually trying to say there. It says more about the uh,
0: audience experience and less about uh, what you're creating. Yeah, I think you... I I like you bringing that up because I think you it's not really a problem but like uh, Gardens of the Galaxy it's like you, you watch that movie and you're like oh I love this scene this is where Swedish Fish is playing it. yeah and it's like you you do you attach a lot of what oh, yeah. happens so much of
1: that movie is just the score yeah yeah
0: and so I guess you're probably right like having a big well-known song put in this movie probably does detract from what's actually happening on screen because you're so focused I mean you, you yeah like you said it ends up becoming about the music and not about what what you're seeing I still liked it I thought it, I thought it was fine
2: yeah and it's it's the difference between uh, Guardians of the Galaxy where that's just supposed to be fun it's supposed to be basically right. a dance movie like yeah. like that's a, a kind of like what I like to think about it is it's just a bunch of uh, hits that like oh yeah I remember this as a kid and look at all these quirky characters doing, doing uh, these songs or like my parents used to listen to this music but in the service of drama when you're trying to say something Guardians of the Galaxy never tries to say anything like there's there's a clear idea of what incendies wants to be and it doesn't have anything to do with music so that's really the the biggest difference too i had there it's it's what what each genre uses the way each genre uses music for what it wants to be
0: no i think that's a totally fair point um next i want to talk about uh, i love the pools as a motif they show up a couple times in this movie it's where uh uh Nawa she's like come finds out so like that's kind of the big reveal i don't know if we want to get into that quite yet but she has like a stroke at the pool Uh, her daughter seems to use it as kind of a way to escape and she's like swimming laps in the pool Um, later on uh, her and her brother in a pool it seems like kind of working out some frustration and they become closer to it so I love the pool showing up at different parts in the movie yeah I think we should spoil it right here because um, this this is such
2: it's so important thematically what happens here um, because And then at the end, we go back to the beginning of where they were in the pool, and she had the the stroke, and she realizes that um, her first son was uh, her rapist, and to find that out is... It ties together, like, all of these disparate images of these pools, like, that everything was always just a cycle. Right. And then we were all in, in, in it together, and you have to, like, break the cycle. Like, that's ultimately what the movie is talking about at the end. Right. And so to have this thing where we keep
0: returning and where everyone's kind of in the same space. Yeah. And it's not only just the reveal that, like, it's her rapist... And it was her son, but it's also the father of her two twins as well. So it's like, there's so much going on at the end of this. And that's why it, but it it all is tied in and works so well together that it's, it's not even like, I'm not concerned of how crazy or like, what are the odds that this would happen? Because it's still just such a fascinating ending. Uh, It didn't really matter to me, but I do think it's cool. It's like a lot of these big moments take place at like the pool. And I just love how that like keeps recurring throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's interesting how it's a coping mechanism for the twins and it's the lowest point of Nawal's life. Yeah. Yeah, which is
0: which is oh, crazy God. crazy to think that that's the lowest point, point in her life. Right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> crazy stuff happened to well, her. Yeah, that's we'll,
0: for sure. We'll for sure get into more of what goes on with her. Yeah, because it, it's just a that's one thing I just love about her character and like how you slowly unravel all these things about her and it just keeps getting more intriguing as you go like yeah. the more you explore her story. That's why. That's why I think this movie is totally engaging. I was never like mm-hmm. bored by it. There seems to be another good reveal after another, and I, I love how it's uh, like the story expands out of that.
1: Yeah, that uh, scene is definitely. F- It's like my heart dropped into my belly. I was like, I don't... Are you freaking serious right now? Like, oh my
0: God. Well, then seeing it at the beginning with no context to what the reveal is. is, Yeah. And then when when you circle back to it at the end, it's just like, yeah, like you said, it's like, oh, my heart. Her her brain just gets broken
1: from like the knowledge that she receives. Yeah. yeah, I love how
0: they didn't even say like what really her
2: problem was. Like she just has like, she just one day can't function. Yeah. And... To think that that's the moment that broke her.
1: Yeah, which I mean, I think that would break anybody. That's you would think, and you'd say that, and you'd like. She spent 15
2: years being tortured and never broke.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. All right, so now that we've wrapped up the aesthetic, I think uh, I want to move into the characters. Uh, Let's start off with Nawal. Uh, She's played by Lubna Azabal, and I really, it seems like there's always complaints about like, oh, there's no good female leads and this movie has two great female actors, great. like strong, yeah. this, like strong female lead. And I love, she has like all this conviction, despite like all this like trauma and terror that's going on around her. And when she's uh, being tortured, like she still like sings in the prison and like, she's, she's really righteous and has like conviction in what she's doing. And, uh, I just think it's a, she's a good, powerful, strong female character. So if you want to complain about those, like, stop and go watch incendies because you get two of them in this movie yeah. i love that
1: they're both like they do amazing jobs yeah
0: and they're also not propping up male
2: characters they're i don't think there's a single they don't ne- neither of them have uh male relationships that we care about like we have the beginning uh where um her the boy she's about to lope with nawal uh he's uh, just Wahab. shot yeah yeah he's yeah. shot within like 20 seconds oh yeah yeah
1: so you really have no and yeah. towards him
2: yeah towards we feel him, like sure. we feel shock and disgust because wow that that I just it,
1: happened just like that yeah like, it was so easy for that yeah, yeah yeah
2: absolutely and then um and then Graham was all no nah, you guys are done <laughs> yeah yeah it's like you, you kids stop playing around he <laughs> <You> just <laughs>
1: shot someone in the head yeah
2: <laughs> i love how that's like <laughs> like like i get it like yeah you know we got to execute the infidels or whatever like that's yeah. basically was her tone like you know you've brought shame on this family, um but uh, but yeah, like also, like there's no other man like in Jean's life uh that we care about um other than Simone and who like, I really
1: don't care that much about either, yeah, so. it's weird that they're yeah.
2: not i I feel like the the reason they gave Jean so much more uh screen time than Simone is because uh. The story is meant to parallel her mom. Yeah, and that's also part of like what's the the slight uncanny valley of tra- of cutting back between the timelines is because they look very similar. Right. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. But yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, there's no there's
0: no point uh at which where they're propping up male ego. Yeah, you know? that's why. I, yeah, that's why I think they're both great. So uh, we can move on to Jin now. I again another great strong female character like simone is unwilling because essentially the this whole story gets kicked off because has died and she's left a uh, her will kind of a uh i hesitate to say like a quest for them to go on i was gonna say a treasure hunt yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh to to discover who their brother is and who their father is
1: they didn't even know existed yeah they thought their dad was dead yeah
0: they thought their dad was dead and they didn't know that they had another brother yeah right and so simone is not into it he like immediately is kind of brushes it off and he wants to have a big funeral for his mother even though it's kind of against her wishes and he's he doesn't really care to follow through with what she had requested and it's her daughter that's the one who's like I, i'll 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 pick this up and i'll keep the promise that she like her mother had set out and it's interesting the their response to that
2: because simone says a lot of things that sound like she was very much uh, a person that suffered from PTSD and made their life, their lives as children very difficult, like that. She was very crazy. Um, she was, um, uh, constantly disoriented. Uh, so it's interesting that he didn't want to do that and, and gave us a glimpse into what their childhood was like, but, um, Jean still
0: did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just like the idea of her being the one who like picks up and she's going to go on the quest together, like to, to, and that's a really good point to bring up that like their childhood and it being difficult because at the beginning of the movie we have no context for why it would be difficult but then again you see this story unravel and you understand all the trauma that she went through yeah. and it makes like that stuff at the beginning make way more sense this is a great movie to have a second viewing of it makes it, it all this stuff like ties in so much better and you have all this context and background and what's going on it makes every character like much more rich mm-hmm. and i think it like really builds up the story well this is a great one I, I think i watched it like I watched it one day and then I watched it the next day. So it was I, I really liked this. It's a good like a uh, uh, it was really got better on like second viewing. I think. Yeah, and I think it changed a little bit, but not much.
2: You know what I mean? Like in the way that like Lamb kind of changes a lot when we when when you when you watch it a second time. Oh yeah, when you know like the the big reveal in that. Yeah, yeah right. for sure. Because the the themes are still there and it's kind of obvious, but um, not necessarily
0: the nuance of some of the actions. Right. So. I wanna move on to Simone now. Uh, we touched on him briefly, but I had problems with sign of uh, the side characters in *Midsummer*, and I was like, they don't do anything. They're not interesting. And you guys corrected me and let me know that the movie is about Danny and all these characters are just in service of her and her story. So it doesn't matter that they're not fleshed out and a big deal. And I think Simone is a really similar in that way. He only exists to like kind of turn down do- doing what his mom had, like her last wishes. And that adds more weight when his sister goes and like is yeah, gonna follow absolutely. through with it, so I think he's in this movie in the service of her and her story and his mother's story. So it's not really, I didn't feel bad or like oh like there's so much they could have done with this character and he's barely in it, because like I said, you guys opened my eyes about my complaints on Midsummer, <laughs> and I realized like yeah he's he's only in this to in service of the other characters. So it's not a big deal that he's not in it very much.
1: Yeah, I don't think that he needs to be. I think that yeah,
0: he's mostly
1: still wait on his sister's back now she's like okay now i have to do your part two like, thanks dude and it just shows like her strength and where she gets that from her mom i think that's like, exactly huge for the parallels of the movie it's i think showing it, that like she like obviously she's not going through like what her mom went through yeah but her able to do this task on her own when it was requested by both siblings showing the strength that she got from her mom too
0: Right. I I had a note of that. It's like she's clearly not in peril or danger the same way her mother was. Yeah. But you can tell there's still like a struggle in what she's going through to kind of complete this task. And I think that would kind of get ruined if she's doing it alongside her brother. Like I like that she's alone and she's kind of piecing together all these clues and tracking it down herself. I like like that parallel with uh, her and her mother. Yeah. The only reason
2: he actually exists... um narratively is just the fact that there were twins and so when the midwife says are you ready for the second one you start to be like oh yeah. and it's like a yeah. slow I love how the reveal isn't like it's not like immediate like if you could see everything um, even before the characters did and so it was really a slow uh, uh, reveal and a slow build up to um, this twist and I think that's why it works so much better um, rather than just being like um, yeah he our, our brother is the one that raped our mother and is our father. Oh, I think so that, weird. yeah, I think if that line just existed without us being able to see anything, um,
0: this would be a really shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do like it. It feels like all the pieces are there and like the audience is like catches on to what these reveals are before the characters do. And I, I really like that a lot. It, it makes, this movie feels really personal because of what uh, the, the twins are going through and especially uh, the daughter because it, it's like we feel like we're catching up to all this alongside them. And so that's why this story feels like it feels like really more impactful and more personal because it's it's set out for us, but we're like discovering it alongside them. And that's why that's one of the elements of the story I really like. Yeah. And we don't even
2: actually need the, the reveal because everything is there. But the reason that uh, these characters go through it is because it's important um, to say the theme, you know, otherwise the things just kind of dangle there and i don't think this movie uh is as powerful if you don't say the twist um and connect all of the you know because then you don't have the letters because without the letters then this movie is just kind of open-ended and it doesn't really say anything it's it's really more about struggle and um anger and love and how it's kind of a cycle it's really two sides of the same coin um depending on what content like uh which side of it you're on um, yeah. you know, you love your family. So you give up, uh, this child that's a bastard. Um, and then that child has a terrible life. Yep. And then the child that has a terrible life gives life to kids that have a much better life than he did. Right. And it's weird how those things exist in, um, <laughs> as a dichot- as a dichotomy, but within the same space, you know what I mean? Right. Like whether you look at them through a slightly different
0: angle, then suddenly it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I, you brought up the letters, and I think the letters that really tie it all in and bring the movie like uh, to this like really great culmination at the end is the letters to Nahad, which is uh, her, like we said, the son, and also her torture. The father, yeah, and uh, that that's just a, he doesn't have a lot of screen time, but I like the little snippets you get of his character, and it really builds it up to the end, like his big reveal and him getting the letters and like. I, I love that he gets the two letters, like one both as like the rapist and torturer, and then one as uh, her son. Yeah, and that that just it brings the whole movie together perfectly. And even though he's not a big presence in terms of screen time, he's like a big presence in terms of the narrative. And I I love how he's used in it. Like you just get little bits like him as a kid getting his head shaved. Yeah, or you have him as like a, a sniper. He like kills a couple kids. He's getting Narwhal to go to uh, Canada, but he's off screen the whole time. He's talking to her, saying that it's best for their kids. Yeah. He'll always be there for the kids so he's not like in the movie as much as you'd think he is but he has like such a big impact on it
1: a massive impact so like one scene like one part when he's opening the letters and like he's reading the part about him being the father and he like opens the door to look for them bro what were you gonna say Yeah, <laughs> <"So> <laughs> what were you gonna do there like I don't know like and it's just uh I think it uh, I think it almost would have worked better if you would have read the son letter first and then at the end been like prisoner seventy two. It's 2 he'd be like oh my god and kind of realized it then but yeah i yeah. think
2: it's like i have uh, i have differing opinions on that because i feel like then the movie isn't saying what it wants um if you if you do it uh son father it's all it's like he really needs to face who he is yeah and i think that yeah that says something different than what the the whole rest of like then it w- it really would have been like then, these strong female characters would have been in the realization the building up of a male character in yeah. the end that's
0: fair, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do like the idea of him he needs to come to terms with him being the torturer and rapist first, and then it because the story is it's sort of about like love and redemption, and I think uh it's in the letter that Narwhal leaves to the twins, saying that like it, there's nothing more important than being together, and so I think if you start off with the Letter of him as the son, and then start with him being the bad, and then end with him being the bad guy. You don't really fit that theme. That makes like it's about love and being together.
1: I was just like more of like shock factor. Yeah, for For shock factor, yeah. But for the narrative of the story, yeah, it definitely makes sense because yeah.
0: It also has kind of a. I think it's a fun use of the camera. It's a little on the nose, but it's like he's reading the letter, and then he opens up the second letter, and it moves. The camera moves to his shadow. And that's all that's in the frame. So it's like the two different people reading it. I I, I miss that. See, look at... I don't even need to be here anymore. (laughs) But I love that. It's like the perspective of him, you know, as the torturer and then also as the son. And using that, like a a visual way of telling that is also like really great. I thought it was a little on the nose, but I still just liked it so much that I didn't mind. Uh, But it was a a neat little... I missed it, so I don't think it was too on the nose. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I think his... I, I really like how his character is used and another thing that I find interesting about him is he's done all these terrible things and basically he gets to get out of jail free card he just gets to go to Canada where the other family has been living and Norwell had to go through all these trials and tribulations and you know these incredibly traumatic experiences and then she gets to Canada and it's still like like she still has struggle like she still has PTSD from it and like her her kids think that you know she's a little off her rocker sometimes and so it's just it's frustrating in that way that like he's a much worse person, but basically he got the same outcome with like none of the consequences. Yeah. And Nawal had to do all this other stuff to to get to Canada, and I it's a frustrating part of the movie, but I also like I like that she had these trials to go through.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it makes it makes sense in that she because what she was saying she's like I wanted to break the break the cycle break the chain, um, and you do that by by giving him a happy ending like the hint, the ending like the life that she couldn't give him because of her circumstances because of her choices he now gets to gets to have and she's okay with that which is frustrating for us because we want redemption we want uh justice and she just
0: wants everything that she couldn't have given him in the first place right yeah which is just like really well put in the letter that she gives to him. It's like right. you know, it's like oh, I'm, this is to you as my son, and I love you. And uh, you know, if something, even though bad things happened, it's all still beautiful because of you and like because of this family. And so yeah, I think it. I think you need to have like a good ending, and you can't have revenge story where they get him and they. There's a version of this movie, I think, that has a really bad ending where they like execute him or something. Yeah. Like, they're like, that's for mom. Yeah. Or it's like taken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Liam Neeson just shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, I just really love like the last scene. It's because part of like the stipulation for uh, her funeral is that she doesn't want a gravestone until they've like completed this task. And then she gets to have one. And then you get the last shot of uh, Nahad like at the um, at the cemetery. And he's looking at the gravestone. So I love how, like, that all ties in. Like, everything in this movie just ties in so well together. Yeah. I love the ending. I also love that I couldn't tell who was looking at the gravestone at first.
1: Yeah, me either. I didn't know who it was, and then you find out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah,
2: because you get the the backside. And Not necessarily expecting side. him to be there either.
1: Right. Like, yeah. It's, 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 I don't know if he knows what kind of person he is or what, because he, I mean, he's obviously, like, told to do certain things growing up and put in a certain environment. I mean, he raped somebody that's, when I mean, you're a bad person,
0: but, mm-hmm. I it know, just, it's weird. It's a weird scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to move on from the characters uh, to some of the religious aspects of this movie. And they're not like, what I do find interesting is that it's like, it's this conflict, but it's, it's not like Denise said, it's not historically accurate. It's just kind of in the movie. And that's one of the things I really like about this is it's really just the backdrop for this story to be told. Like the focus isn't really about uh, Christians versus Muslims or like it's not about the rebellion it's not about the refugees it's just like the backdrop for it and we talked about pan's labyrinth not too long ago and one of my big problems with that is it's two storylines that are given the same amount of time and weight when it really needs to be a fantasy story with this rebellion taking place in the background like it just needs to be the setting and this movie executes it perfectly
2: yeah like it was it was really funny that we watched this uh right after doing pan's labyrinth because this is exactly what i said um Pans labyrinth should be like have the the uh rebel plot going on in the background, and you just kind of pu- you know kind of pick from that thematically. Like these characters and things are happening in the background. We get the overall atmosphere, but the central part of the the movie is already happening in
0: this microcosm. We don't need to see the macrocosm as well. Right, like it's all it's it's little stuffs that. uh Nawal does during it, like how she ends up in prison because she executes, I don't know, some, some dignitary, someone high up in the government, I assume. That's not, but that's not like the point of the story. It's not about her involvement in the rebellion, really. It's just puts her in different places to move the story along. That way we get these, like more uh, is revealed about her and yeah. her past. Mm-hmm. But the point of the movie is not like, and I think it's really obvious the point of the movie, isn't it? Because we're not even told what the real conflict is and it's not... Yeah, it's not a war movie. Yeah.
1: yeah, It's not what it is at all. And I think it, I mean, definitely benefits from that. Just yeah. having that as part of like the background of the story. Yeah. Not necessarily, yeah, not being a focal point at all. Yeah, so which, I think it works really well. Yeah. Which
0: is, Pan's Labyrinth did it all wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that brings up some of like the, more of the religion in this movie. One of the things that just makes me so uncomfortable is like the idea of like total devotion to rules that don't seem to make any sense. Like, uh, she's going to be killed by her brothers and like uh, her her boyfriend or whomever whomever she's had the baby with Wahab, like he's killed immediately. Yeah, and the only thing that stops her from being executed as well is that her grandma steps in, and stops it from happening. But even then, that leads to a scene where she's like the grandmother's berating her, and she's like, "What am I supposed to do? Kill you now?" And that's just a an aspect of this movie in religion that makes me very uncomfortable which is perfect it fits in really well in this yeah. movie. it's like disgusting like when her brothers are arguing about who gets to kill her and oh that. yeah it's like
1: i was like that's fucking horrible like what i mean this is something that's going on in your guys's brains right yeah now, like yeah and i think the biggest problem i have with with uh uh
2: blind devotion to rules is you you for a lot of people forget what the spirit of those rules were like a lot of time it's to keep you safe it's to keep you happy um it's it's preservation of life, so when you get to something that's uh, uh, when it's a sin or something that's that's ultimately like um, the difference between killing someone and like not living a good a good enough life, I think you've missed. I think you misunderstand what the whole point of religion is. So the fact that things can just can get so dogmatic and so um, so caught up in like good good and wrong and uh in like a cosmic sense in our daily lives it's so unsettling to watch like people just see the the balance of of good and evil within people's actions like oh that's instant death
0: yeah yeah it's it's gross honestly <laughs> Dude, yeah like it but, makes me very uncomfortable yeah. but i love how it's utilized in this movie because it fits like kind of the the kind of dark tone and theme of it, so I think it's. While it makes me uncomfortable, I think that's on purpose. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really well. Yeah,
2: and I think it's 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 kind of the the end message is kind of like a um, an admonishment of religion in the end, because it's really like that's that's where the cycle began was uh, a religious uh, a re- religiously uh, motivated assassination, yeah, an execution, and that is ultimately what leads her to being raped by her son. Is yeah. religion.
0: Just, God, I, it's so weird that that exists in this movie. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's I, like that's like not even the biggest reveal.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. And I did the timeline. It makes sense. Like, if she was like 18, 19 there.
1: And then 18, 19 years later or however,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. My only issue is I think whoever they got to, whoever they wanted to cast as Nehad, I think just needs to be older looking. I it's think a he, little bit. I think he looked too close to the same age as the twins or like a, in the same range. I just think he needed to look a little older and I think that would have sold it better for me. Yeah. But overall it doesn't really matter to me because I just like the story so much that it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a miscast like, uh, like Bradley Cooper in Nightmare (laughs) (laughs) Alley. Yeah. That's, that's a special class of miscast. Uh, and then I just, I also, the, the idea of like her sins carrying on and like the shame she brought her family hasn't even gone away. Um, like, uh, Nawal's daughter ends up in the village that her mother grew up in and she's speaking to a family there and they they're kind of shaming her for the shame that she brought to the family you know decades earlier and it's uh one of them says like oh you're looking for the for your father but you don't even know your mother so the idea of just like that the contempt still exists even though it's so much time has passed and that uh even like the daughter is being blamed for this even though she had nothing to do with it i think it's it's all just kind of the worst parts of like religious devotion yeah it's it's just yeah not that I, I don't have a problem with anyone who's religious. I have a problem if you're kind of, uh, if you're using it to like harm people. And this movie does that. Yeah. yeah. And it's
2: weird how it's all within uh, the concept of sex. Like it has nothing to do with like anyone actually ever being, being hurt. Right. So it just sucks. It's yeah. Just, like, <laughs> it's just a patriarchal thing. Yeah. Like that's the whole point of this, which I think is interesting then that all of our characters are female.
0: Right, right. Uh, so I, I want to move into some scenes now that they, you know, I think these are like big, important ones. We talked about Wahab being killed and then the grandmother, uh, you know, berating her and everything. And, and you find out, you know, like she's going to have this son, but kind of the trade off is that she's not going to be the mother anymore. Like he's going to go to an orphanage and she's going to move away and go to college and all this stuff is going to happen. And then it leads to, I think one of my other favorite scenes, uh, is the, the bus burning. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's one of uh, another, like, really good use of editing because she gets off the bus and it's on fire. And then you just have a, a cut straight to her, like, uh, in the same position, but the bus is not on fire anymore. Like, it shows a lot of time has passed and she's, like, just still in the same place. Like, I think, like, processing everything that's happened still. And without, like, having any dialogue or a, a big thematic score going on, you can see that this character is experiencing a lot. And it's just because of, like, really good editing. Yeah. Um, the other one I find really interesting
2: is the uh, um, when she's getting introduced as assistant professor Marwan, and the professor is talking about mathematics. Oh right! Um, and how you're going on a journey now in pure mathematics where things don't make sense. You're not going to find real answers, and how that those lines are just so perfect for this. And then later
1: on, they're literally, he's doing math, and he's like, "It doesn't make sense." Yeah, yeah. exactly. And
2: how yeah, it's it's really just a metaphor for. What all of this movie means. It doesn't... You're not going to get any answers out of it. You're just going to get these really hard feelings. Like, yep. are there villains here? It's tough to really say, even though Abu Tarek did so many awful, awful things. its He's a product of
0: uh, a religion not caring about him. Right. Because it's, it's an equation they're talking about where it's like you can take any positive integer and if you multiply it by two or divide by three, it, you can always get a number to eventually equal one. And like that was the whole point. And that's when you get Simone at the end, where he's like, can one plus one equal one? So it's kind of cool how they like tie that algorithm back yeah. into it. Uh, that scene also has like one of the most interesting shots in it. It's a view of the classroom, but it looks like the is like up at the ceiling. I don't know if you guys looked at it or, or, or noticed it, but I was like, what an interesting shot selection. It's, it's, I don't know that I've seen anything like that before. Um, I have, like the, the stairs are stepped. It's just a really low
2: ceiling up at the top of the uh, classroom. Right. So that's why it looks it, like it's that. Just, it just feels like
0: the camera is, like, right at the ceiling. It was, I was yeah. oh, that's
2: interesting. There's actually a few things like that that I, I just love seeing a director that is not Guillermo del Toro doing the most obvious shot that you can. <laughs> <laughs> We're really jaded about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we watch too many of his movies in a row.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but there's one where... Um, uh, Jean is, uh, walking through a building and her head is in the middle of the frame or just below the middle of the frame, but it's far enough back that you have all of this negative space above her. Yeah. It's just a really interesting, uh, a really interesting shot. Like, we're not doing a close up on her face. We're not following her eye line. We're not like, we haven't set the camera up halfway down the hall and we're just panning as she walks by it. Um, yeah, and you don't
0: find that as a consistent refrain. It's just something that he does once. Yeah, there's a couple just interesting ones that, you know, they're not, like, repeated throughout the movie, but they're just, like, they're just neat to pick up on. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to move on now to kind of the, your, like, closing set piece, the, uh, you know, your finale, uh, where so Simone has found out that his father and brother are the same person because he's spoken with this warlord who's kind of given all this background on Nahad and yeah. who he is, and it's revealed that he was the rapist and torturer who fathered them. And then you get Jeanne's realization uh, when she's speaking with Simon and he brings up like one plus one equals two. Can one plus one equal one? And I love like she, he doesn't like explain to her what's happening. She just has the realization. Right. That gasp right there. Like, I was like, oh my God. Right. Yeah. And then you move on to uh, Nawal at the pool, like we have that jump in time again, yeah, where she sees uh, Nahad's foot and has the tattoo, so she she has now come to that realization that he's in Canada now too. And there's all that hope, right? Yeah. and so i I really like the way this ends because it feels like it's the same story being told back to back. Like they are all coming to this realization of the same thing. But I really like it. It's like they all get to experience it and you get to see it from each each person's perspective. And so it doesn't feel like, oh, you're you're showing me the same thing over and over again because I get to see how each character feels going through seeing it. And I, that's one of the reasons I really love this ending. It doesn't feel like, okay, like you're just repeating this over and over again.
1: Yeah, no, I think it works out very, very well. Because yeah, I think if we would have known, like she saw the three dots or whatever before, it would have been, we would have got there and be like, oh, that makes sense why this all happened then. Right. But then yeah, having that reveal afterwards was really like massive payoff right yeah
0: and then uh uh, just like the the close out with him getting the letters like we touched on it already but that just that ends this movie perfectly to me
1: i think so really nice bow yeah on it yeah yeah it's 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 very it's very pleasing for the audience like it's uncomfortable still the entire part of that is super uncomfortable for me at least viewing this
0: I did. I think I had a note where I said, "What a satisfying ending!" But it feels weird to say that yeah, because this, this movie's so gross. Yeah, it, it is, gross. is. Story. Yeah. So it's weird to be like, "Ah, oh, what a nice ending." Yeah. But thematically, it's a really great ending. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it is
2: uh, a perfectly self-contained system, despite having like all like, like there are no answers. Everything is just gray nuance, which man, we have been dying to
0: have in a long for a, on this podcast in a long time. We've been inundated <laughs> with. I think really boring stories. <laughs> so this was this was such a pleasure to watch. I was really I was really glad to uh, to get to this one finally, and, and we've been talking about it so much. So yeah. I was, was really thankful to get to this one. Anyway, we apologize that you suggested this so long ago, and we're just now getting <laughs> to you. it. Yeah. But I like being able to add this to our suite of Denis new films. It's, I feel like this we've become real experts on him. It's probably a, a top three in terms of his filmography. Yeah, I. I, I guess I don't know. I guess I don't know where I put it because I still think I like Enemy better. Enemy's probably
2: still is. I mean, I, I just love the, the, all of the Jung stuff with that. So yeah. that's, that's still going to be
0: my favorite of his. And I still just love the uh, aesthetic and story of Blade Runner 2049. It's such a spectacle. And I think it's so great. Uh, I'd probably, I actually probably put incendies in terms of like which movie I was more engaged with. I would put it above Dune because uh, we read the book and yeah. it was just shot yeah, for shot the book it's exactly what we wanted from the book right that kind of cheapens the experience of the movie yeah like don't get me wrong that movie is a spectacle as well and I, I like watching it a lot but in terms of like which one do I think I get the most out of I would put Incendies above Dune
1: well, yeah and it's just very original it hasn't been done before there's no I mean, as far as I know like there's the play or whatever right but I mean I never heard about that or saw it before this
0: and no this kind of story feels like something original. I don't see all the yeah. time yeah yeah I mean, besides,
1: like, you know, the whole break the chain and incest stuff, that's very Game of Thrones. But other than that, <laughs> <It's> just, <it laughs> I think was, they yeah. just watch this movie, like, let's just take all of those lines yeah. and put them in our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. We have eight seasons
0: of material now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can move into our final thoughts now. I, I just think this is, like I said, just what a wild ride this is. And it's, it's, it's totally engaging. Uh, I think it's put together in a way that is really interesting and I never got lost in it. And I think that's just a real testament to the way it's written, the way the you're invested in these characters, and then the way it's all edited together. It it just was flawless to me. I I thought that it had one of the best endings I've ever seen. I'd put it right up there with like, uh, like the same emotion I got out of like the end of Whiplash. Like these are two different movies, and the endings are different. But I was like really feeling something at the end of Whiplash, and I was really feeling something at the end of this. Like yeah. these are two like. It just really got me at the end, and I just love how it all uh, it closes out and it all ties together.
1: Yeah, I I mean I agree with that because it is so wild and there's so much going on and the story's so massive and yet so small at the same time. Like it's 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 very contradicting. Like I like to think of this as like neatly wrapped chaos. Like oh you said, yeah. yeah, you just have like this like beautiful looking present. It's got this nice bow on it. but Then you open it up and it's just. Insaneness yeah. inside of it, and yeah, it's a literal Pandora's box. Yeah, it's I mean, it's crazy, but I mean, yeah, very well done. It's super original. You don't get to see a whole lot of movies like this. All right,
2: Calvin, what's your final thought on this one? Yeah, I I feel like I've I've said almost everything I wanted to about this movie. It's uh, um, I think sometimes it is uh too focused on the narrative, um, and making the theme coherent that it kind of loses some of the humanness. Um, so it's, it's very, very good. Um, and it's just an, it's, it's, what's so great about it again is why Denis is so great. It's well executed. Um, yep. he yep. knew exactly what his movie was, paired everything down
0: to what needed to be there to say what he wanted to. And that's exactly what happened. All right. And, uh, Jane, how many, uh, heel tattoo dots would you give this one?
1: Um, I'd give it like 9.2 baby tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Very well done. Uh, super intriguing. Obviously, you know, foreign films aren't my favorite thing, but I mean, it's very well done. Yeah. Even for Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Very, very good. I'm very happy I got to see this. Great suggestion.
2: Yeah. I forgot about the baby cr- screaming getting t- tattooed. Yeah,
1: because what the fuck are you tattooing a baby for? Oh, <laughs> that yeah. was so brutal.
2: Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, they
0: were more worried about mar- marking him as a bastard and, and rather than circumcising. <laughs> but that—that that is also another great scene, too, because he's like, oh, get a look at your mother so you can recognize her. And then she, like, has to let go right away. There's not, like, a long, like, yeah. scene where they're like, you know, she gets to hold him for very long. He's just, she's gone and, and he, you know, he's going off to the orphanage. That's a really tragic scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So I, I'd say, again, it's not as good as Enemy. Um, yeah. It's not quite as ex- as expressive as I, would, as I want out of, out of films, especially with what's there.
0: Um, so I give it an 8.6. Huh, it's that's really, good yeah. really good, though. Yeah. yeah. I just love, like, uh, you, you nailed it. Uh, just this is, he knew what he wanted to make, and it's executed flawlessly. Uh, and I, I, I put it in an 8. I really like this movie a lot. Um, and yeah. So with that, we're wrapping this one up. Uh, you can find us on any platform uh, that you want to find a podcast on, like Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, we also upload all these to YouTube, so please uh, leave a comment. Tell us what we're doing well, tell us what we're doing wrong, and uh, leave a suggestion. We finally got around to doing this one that was suggested to us, so if you have any ideas, let us know. And uh, with that, thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting.